Welcome to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 20th day. Geez, we're five days away from Christmas, and we're 12 days away uh, from the new year. So I, I don't know what happened to the year. The busier you get, the faster time goes. My parents told me that a long time ago, and um, i tell you what, that really is true. Okay, uh, going to talk about this Sean Payton situation here with the uh, Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Uh, talk, uh, I'll go over a little bit of that. Also, the Rashard Menning Hall. He he made he made a comment. Uh, this was on Monday, but I had so much stuff going on Tuesday uh, that I'll, I'll I'll comment on. And, and it's a good teachable moment, folks. It, it really is. Uh, it, it's a good teachable moment and rant for myself. Also, uh, Kevin Stefanski uh, is he making a is Kevin Stefanski making life hard for defensive-minded head coaches? Okay, I'll do a little tease with that. Uh, could he win Coach of the Year again? Okay, they're nine and five. If the playoffs started today, they would be in the playoffs, and you you will be surprised. Four quarterbacks. I'll, I'll tease it at that. Plus, uh, give a take on this Packer team. Looks like the Packers. Uh, may, may need to make some adjustments on the defensive side of the ball and more. So first, let's go ahead and get our first and only break out of the way. I'll be back here in 49 seconds on Sportscope. Hello, Sportscope followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program. Uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. All righty then. Listen, I, I know the Cleveland Browns ain't the most popular team, but I'm just trying to make a bigger point here. Um, I, I, I'm talking about observations that, that management and ownership, uh, they're, they're, they're going to see around the league. They got TVs. They got access to practice fields. Uh, you got a lot of money, time invested into building these football teams. So uh, th these are just some observations here. Okay, listen. So Cleveland, like I said, just before I went to the break, Cleveland Browns are nine and five. Uh, they're currently a fifth seed. If the playoffs started today, they are the highest ranking wild card team. They would play essentially at uh, at Jacksonville. The, uh, I want to say they're the lowest rank. Uh, ranking a divisional leader right now, a team they beat a couple weeks ago. Now, listen, the Browns lost their left tackle uh, a few weeks ago for the season. Now, he had, I think, Jaderic Willis is his name. Uh, he had um, 
been on and off hurt all season. You know, very good left tackle. Uh, early this year, I want to say even before Deshaun Watson, the quarterback went down, uh, Jack Conklin, the right tackle. A lot of Tennesseans know who this guy is, the Titan fans, because he used to play for the Titans. He's a right tackle there. Uh, I was really um, bummed out that the Titans lost him. Now, he's been often injured, but when he's healthy, he's really good. He's their right tackle, okay? Uh, here's the crazy thing about it is his backup is now done for the season. So you've got uh, second-string left tackle, third-string. Yes, that's right. Third-string right tackle, okay? And I, I was looking at their injury report and scanning throughout the last few weeks. They've lost their starting left guard. So you've got backups on left guard and left tackle here. Uh not to mention the fact that they've had four starting quarterbacks, including one that was a rookie, including uh, Doran Thompson, one that was a rookie, and another one caught off the street who was not in their preseason, Joe Flacco, not in any mini camps, comes right in, kind of like Josh Dobbs did for Minnesota a few weeks back, and, and makes some big plays, and now he's won a couple games. He signed throughout the regular season or throughout the uh, – throughout the end of the season here, okay? But you then you you look at a guy like a Robert Soloff, who's lost his left tackle for the year, okay? Look at they just got, you know, blown out 30 to nothing last week. Uh, uh, Zach Wilson hurt again, okay? Uh, and, and quite frankly, when he was healthy, not performing more off than on, okay? So you, you, you got that. You got you got the Steelers here who are riding a three-game losing streak, have had offensive line issues for five years. <laughs> you know, the, the Steelers, I thought they might have hit a home run with Georgia's Broderick Jones in, in the first round, playing good early. Now he's been moved over to right tackle for this guy named Dan Morgan. And of course, we know that Trubisky's out, not Trubisky, Pickett's out. He might be back this week, but they've been playing Trubisky. If Pickett can't make it in the comeback, they're going to put in uh, Mason Rudolph, who's, you know, uh, he's Mason Rudolph. You know, he's he may be better than Trubisky, maybe a more accurate passer, and that's not saying much. Uh, probably not the athlete of a Mitch Trubisky. But uh, you, you're getting my point here, Solov. Uh, the Jets are 5-9, and nine, okay? Uh, the offense is dismal. It's inconsistent. Uh, it's predictable. There's not a lot of movement. You've got uh, Mike Tomlin's team here. Uh, same issues there. And I'm out of Nashville. You've got Mike Vrabel at Tennessee. Uh, the Titans have offensive line issues going back to the beginning of last season with Taylor Lewan getting a season-ending injury uh, week two, if you guys remember that, at, at, at the end of the Buffalo or in the Buffalo game. Uh, those mid-November injuries uh, with other offensive linemen. The Titans went on last year to lose seven straight, okay? Uh, making a bigger point here, uh, to lose the division. Of course, their first uh, road win came over a year and a half later, mainly because of offensive line issues. Of course, uh, you know, uh, uh, quarterback issues as well. So, you're looking at Kevin Stefanski's record versus uh, Robert Solov, okay, with his issues. Uh, uh, Mike Vrabel, okay, with his issues. And, of course, Mike Tomlin, uh, again, 
with the defensive-minded head coaches here, uh, you know, it, it looks like, and now you have, and I will say this, I will say this to, to defend my argument. Okay, so you see where it is. Uh, if you have problems on the offensive line, on a defensive-minded head coach, particularly left tackle, uh, there's a chance you, the whole team could fall apart. And that's the data to see it. You know, not to mention the fact that um, the Colts are tied for the division lead with Gardner Minshew. You know, Shane Steichen, the head coach there. But I, I will I will give you this background to the Browns. Um, that could be a caveat here. Uh, I always like to disclose all the information now. Uh, the ownership has hired this guy from Money, the real Moneyball, uh, this Paul D. Podesta. He was the Jonah Hill character in the movie Moneyball, the, the baseball movie with Brad Pitt about the, uh, about the uh, Oakland Athletics here. So this guy was hired to do analytics for the for the Cleveland Browns back in 2016. Uh, and also know Andrew Barry, their general manager, is also a Harvard guy. So they're big in the analytics there. Maybe they simply have a better roster than everybody else analytically. All right. But it, it's just an example of the two philosophies right now. Not to mention the Bengals also on a backup quarterback, majority of the offensive line. Uh, for the Bengals, I noted doing research for this that remember they had a lot of their linemen out, including their left tackle, in the Bills game last year. Okay, uh, ha had a lot of their linemen, including the Bills game, where they went to the Buffalo, beat them twenty-seven to ten in their own backyard. Uh, then they go to Kansas City, their field goal away uh, to to beating the Chiefs and get back to the Super Bowl. By the way, had one of the worst-rated offensive line. Uh, as a unit, as a unit in the NFL back in 20, uh, 2021-2022. Remember, they made the Super Bowl that year, you know? They made the Super Bowl that year. So you, you, you look at this, and it, it go, and it defeats the argument of a lot of these. And I've been making excuses, too. I'm, I'm telling people, I'm out of Nashville. I say, listen, folks, you don't want to see Tennessee win any more games. They got to lose enough games to get up to that fifth pick. And I'm reading the same thing out of articles. Rich, uh, was the name, Siamani or whatever. He is the um, he's the beat writer for the New York Jets. They have the same issue, okay? So the Jets want one of those left tackles, the Penn State, older Notre Dame. Those guys have been talked about a lot in mock drafts of being some of the higher left tackles. So, so the fans of teams that have defensive-minded head coaches – they have to probe and pray and and, and 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 just look at the injury report. Say, okay, if I have two or three linemen out, I'm done. If I have a left tackle out for the season, I'm done. If the offensive minded head coach, you look out and say, okay, maybe we can work around this. Okay, for example, uh, I was watching the Titans. Yeah, people were talking, asking me about the Titans last week. You know, and that got off a game. And it, I mean, yeah. It was on the uh, red zone. I watched a few minutes of it, but it was dreadful. You know, you watch the definition of insanity pickles is doing the same thing over and expecting a different result, right? Okay. 
the Titans have had Andre Dillard's out. Their left starting left tackle, which was uh, a cheap. Uh, uh, I had uh, Rich Ferris on from 104.5 The Zone, the flagship that covers the Tennessee Titans, said that Dillard, who was a backup for a reason with the Eagles, he was a backup for the reason uh, with the Eagles, uh, was Mike Vrabel's idea. It was not. It was not. Ron Carthon, the general manager's idea to bring him in, and and uh, we know what happened. He's not graded out well, and he's got hurt as well. So, uh, but my thing is, so they they, they this guy's out. Uh, Sonorski, their eleventh overall pick last year, is the only one that's really worth keeping. Uh, you look at Derrick Henry. Okay, he's got nine yards on sixteen attempts, pickles. And if you've seen one Titans play, you've seen them all run and play. You cannot run off left tackle, which they like to do, that little basic uh, handoff to the left side there. If he's running into a brick wall uh, two or three times in a row, say he does it once in the first, second, why are you calling that play in the fourth quarter? Why are you still running that same play if you know if you know that they cannot hold up there, you know, are you not that creative, Tennessee Titans, to to uh, to get him the ball in space? All right. Now they did find success. Pickle says that is a problem, Mike. That's a Mike Brable problem. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of these. And I saw it the first two years. Najee Harris come out of Alabama looking like a house of fire of a running back, you know? And I saw the same thing with Pittsburgh running him off that left tackle between left tackle and guard, and he's getting a half yard. And people blaming Matt Canada. Well, they got rid of Matt Canada. They're still losing, you know? They got rid of Matt Canada. And this is what I think that guys like Robert Soloff, Mike Vrabel, Tomlin, okay, even Pete Carroll, to a certain extent, even though I got the win the other day, I went back and watched that uh, fourth quarter again. Uh, I still had that game recorded. I went back and watched that. And, yeah, they, they should have lost. Uh, I was right. Uh, the, the, the Seahawks are what I thought they were. Okay. That was a bad, bad no call there at the end. Uh, uh, the cornerback uh, for Seattle clobbered. Quez Watkins in the end zone, pushed him out of the way, got intercepted the football, and uh, that should have been first to go ball at the one yard line. I watched it slow mo, watched it two or three, even the commentators. That, that's a missed call. You know, uh, some other guy commented, I know Troy Aitman and Joe Buck said, hey, that's a missed call, man. Well, that cost them the game, you know? Uh, so you, you look at this again, Derrick Henry, nine yards on 16 attempts. Most of them the same beeping run and play, man. You know, most of them the same run and play. And again, Kevin Stefanski up in Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski, uh, left tackle out, uh, right tackle out, backup right tackle out, four quarterbacks, one of them off the street, one of them was a USFL guy, uh, Kenny Walker, whatever his name is, PJ Walker, PJ Walker there. And if the playoffs started today, he's in the playoffs. You know, he's in the playoffs. Yeah, Pete Carroll's had the Eagles number. 
Uh, they haven't won there in 15 years. I played that yesterday. But my point is, you you see why that I, I'm, I'm going more and more towards, listen, if the coaches cannot figure out this game today, these defense, I don't want a defensive-minded head coach, period. You know, uh, you've got to spend your money on the offensive line. You have to work on schemes with your offensive coordinator. Uh, you've got to um, – you have to have that balance there, and you always got to keep the opposition guessing and not get vanilla and stagnant. Why don't these coordinators – look at what Sean Payton's doing in um, – Sean McVay, excuse me, is doing and will bait too, but Sean McVay and what they're doing with the Rams. Why don't they look at what Andy Reid is doing? Are you not, we have the access to the same amount of film I do, except you can get the coach tape. You can find out where everybody's shifting and everything. Uh, I've talked about the Eagles the other day. Eagles, no shifting whatsoever. Now they got offensive minded head coach. He's more. Uh, I was hearing something, I think it was um, Jason McIntyre, Fox, he was saying that uh, this 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 uh, head coach up there in Philadelphia, Serenati, is more of a walk-around guy. He's not really a hands-on from one, any side or the other, more of a walk-around head coach here. So he really doesn't take the blame for any of the team's misfits because he's the head coach. And I say I call garbage on that because you're the head coach. Even if it's your side or not your side, you are the head coach. You're in offense, defense, special team. Now, Brable fired his he fired his special teams coordinator uh, when we Titans had two block punts down here, and and one of them put um, Stonehouse out for the season. But when it comes to offensive coordinators, he hires in house. So when he, he's hired two guys in house, and that's what annoys the Titans fans. You know. So if, if this trend continues, if Shane Steichen makes it to the playoffs with Gardner Minshew, and uh, I, I want to say I read something like 14 of 16 teams in the playoffs are off from offensive minded head coaches, okay? Uh, and, and Kevin Stefanski makes it with, with, with Joe Flacco off the street, and, and Jake Browning with Cincinnati makes it, with Zach Taylor, who I've just destroyed in the past. I mean, a destroyed because he was a quarterback coach, but now I'm starting to see it. You know, uh, now I'm starting to see the fact that uh, these defensive guys they they don't think that deep into that side of the ball. You know, let's just run the ball, stop the run, do play action. Uh, we'll we'll do the bare minimum on the offensive line signatures. Uh, we'll we'll draft guys. We won't take a chance on free. That ever everybody and their brother had an opportunity to get Orlando Brown, who's doing really well with Cincinnati right now. Okay, everybody had a shot at Ben Powers, who's doing really well uh, with Denver. Even though Denver as a team is had, that's a different issue, you know. But uh, if if I'm management and ownership, I'm talking to my head coaches that are from defense and say, "Listen, man, look what this guy's doing. What is he doing that we can't do?" What he's doing is he's the head coach, so he can't – this is my thing. I think a lot of these defensive-minded head coaches may very well have talented coordinators. They may have really good coordinators that are setting things up. You know, uh, Cal Shanahan for uh, Dan Quinn, who used to coach 
for the Atlanta Falcons. And then when Quinn left, uh, then, then when Shanahan left, that team went downhill, uh, Matt Ryan and everything. Uh, maybe they're simply smothering. They're, they will not let these coordinators call certain plays uh, at, at certain junctions during the game. So that's that's the story that we're not getting out. That 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 is that is what we're not getting out um, of of why these defensive minded head coaches are having all these problems right now. Okay, again, the last since 2019, every team, both teams in the Super Bowl have been from offensive minded head coaches. Both teams. Listen, uh, I want my teams to be physical too. Uh, I, I like I like I don't want a team to be finesse. Uh, when the weather gets colder like this, you need to blow teams off the ball. That being said, uh, you you have to have uh, in today's game offensive efficiency. You cannot be predictable. You cannot just run the ball and play defense anymore. Okay, one thing with this less practicing. Listen, folks, the injuries are out of this world. They're out of this world right now, you know, on both sides of the ball. But especially on the de- – you, you can't – you have to depend on the defensive side of the ball on more people playing well, you know. You have to depend on uh, more people playing well. Then on the offensive side of the ball, uh, it's more about scheme, okay. It's more about scheme, creativity, uh, uh, getting around your um, – Getting around, uh, I mean, everybody has some kind of setback on their team. Nobody has the perfect team because it's a it's a sal- it's a hard cap league, okay. But it, it is just another example of these defensive guys. You got to get it together. And for one thing, you should be called that. Nobody should be called no type of minded head coach. You are the head coach. Bickle says crap rolls downfield. You're the head coach. You're in charge of the whole operation. Nobody wants to hear excuses about, well, I came from this system and that. No, you're here to help this team win games, period. Okay? So, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how far Cleveland will go. I mean, they've got a lot of out there. But it goes to show you, uh, if, they, if they go to the playoffs and win a game or two, I mean, the guy was going to get coach of the year, you know? Uh, he, he's he's going to get uh, uh, coach of the year for the second time. And I'm not in love with him. I think he's a little passive. But at some point, you know, uh, we, we got to look at the reality uh, of 2023 NFL. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. Uh, still in the – yeah, you still got to win it in the trenches. Uh, you still have to be creative uh, with moving the ball. And you can't just run the same crappy uh, – said this with Fisher going back 20, uh, 15 years now. Uh, for the, I mean, this guy was supposed to be the big star head coach here, and he hit the ground running in, in 97, 98. Then they finally get the team name, new stadium in 99, and he's still running the same playbook. Uh, later on, as years passed, when he had to fall out with Mr. Adams, then he goes to the Rams – uh, you know, Eric Dickerson. Listen, man, this dude right here, he's he's uh, he he he's calling a high school offense here. What is he thinking? This is the NFL. So Fisher leaves. They hire this young boy wonder coach, 
30, 30, 31 years old, ridiculously young from the Washington Commanders, Sean McVay, he takes the guy that everybody thought Jared Goff was a busted quarterback. They got all the way to the Super Bowl. And one of the first things he did, McVay was, was went out and got Andrew Whitworth, a free agent left tackle, and spent some good money for him too. The first thing he did is went out and got a left tackle. You know? So, uh, listen, it is what it is, man. I'm just calling it like I see it. Okay? Alrighty then. You know what? This is a good transition here. Uh, so, I mentioned, I mentioned Mike Tomlin. I, I, I've, I've been critical of him. Like, I have a lot of these defensive-minded head coaches this year particularly. And uh, Tomlin, I've said this for years, seven, eight years probably. Before I've been doing the show, talking to my dad or my friends around town, uh, football, talking to the league, uh, that he has a tendency uh, to to um, he has a tendency to play down this competition. They're on a three game losing streak, and I guess some of the national media is starting to pick it up. Okay, and Rashard Menninghall, not a bad player. I want to say he played about eleven years for the Steelers here. You know, uh, he's uh, he actually won a Super Bowl with Tomlin, and he lost the Super Bowl uh, to the Packers with Tomlin, where Clay Matthews caused the fumble there. Uh, but he, so you're trying to, you guys got the gist of what I'm saying here. So uh, he tweets out or puts on the new X app here that something in regards to. Well, all these average white guys talking about football, man. White people. So it's very racist and offensive tweet. here, and, and, and the internet blows up on on Monday. All right. He's a black guy and all that stuff. So it is very divisive and all that. So he says all this stuff. He says, well, he said, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, criticism. Why do you care, man? You know, so this causes a big uproar. And uh, he's trending on, on Monday. And then you've got guys like Jason Whitlock who who posted a picture of this guy, a uh, picture of his wife, Benning Hall's wife. And it's some lady. Uh, Benning Hall says his wife is uh, from Arabia or whatever. But she looks like a garden variety white lady, white woman, you know. And 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 uh so Whitlock like he always does he really ticks off guys when he when he does that but he's saying yeah you you're just trying to overcorrect uh you know your blackness or whatever because you're married to a white lady and you're getting a lot of eternal problems so him and Whitlock go back and forth and back and forth and all that and my thing is again why does people care so much of what others think you know, and Deion Sanders had the best comeback for this of anybody I've ever heard of people being sensitive. I mean, why do you care what people, what, who, who criticizes uh, Mike Tomlin or anybody else? You know, it's not like my opinion is going to be somebody else's opinion and it's going to destroy your life. You know, it's a very popular game, you know. And uh, so this is what Dion says about people's 
why it can't make me. I mean, my opinion doesn't make Mike Tomlin or, or Mike Vrabel or Robert Sala. It can't break them. Okay, they wouldn't have never got anywhere if they listened to criticisms, right? So here's here is um, here is Deion Sanders about certain things like that about listening to other people's opinions. What about me would make you think that I care about your opinion of me? Your opinion of me is not the opinion that I have of myself. You ain't make me, so you can't break me. You didn't build me, so you can't kill me. Uh, uh, you know what? God, God established me, so you ain't nothing you can do to me. I've been him. I've been a difference maker, a game changer. I've been that guy. So what would change? Not a darn thing. I'm not even playing the game. And you got an opinion of me. I love it, but I don't care. And I wish the world thought like that. Youngsters, if you're out there right now, do not give a darn what opinion people have of you. As long as that opinion is not consistent of that of yourself. You be you. I'm not paying to make you feel good about me. I already feel good about me. I'm good. Message for the youngsters out there. And the old, old school, not old fools. Old school, not old fools. Now, you know, Dion, listen, I take that, that quote to heart, all right? If I listen to everybody, and trust me, there's still people out there mocking me, hating on me behind my back, family members, ex-friends, ex-co-workers. You hear where I say ex? I blocked them out. I blocked them out. I wouldn't be doing this show if I if I let the haters or, or even anybody just admit it, try to overly criticize me or whatever. If I took all that in and had that opinion of myself, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed in the morning, right? You know? So back to this thing, Menning Hall thing. Rather, you know, listen, I, I know why a lot of these females are hired, and and I, and I get it, because I'm also on this company. I own Sportscope. Okay, I would like to do something to get these ratings up. You know, ultimately, got to make some money at the business, right? Okay, sex appeal is going to sell. Okay, I might not agree or even respect. Uh, uh, one of these, Mina Combs is Asian lady that talks football. She's gotten a lot of heat for it. Kimberly Martin, love Kimberly. She's a very likable person, great TV person, talks football. You know, or even some of your Fox people, your Joy Taylors, your Christine Leahy, especially Christine Leahy. You can kind of tell why they, but listen, you know, I understand what the executives are doing. They're trying to get a new audience, okay? get a younger female audiences who are really into sports, you know, and they're trying to attract the sex appeal from the men, okay? And a lot of the purists don't like that. But at the end of the day, if I'm a player here and I throw four interceptions and I got uh, Monday morning here and I got Mina Combs over here drawing all this stuff up thinking she's uh, John Madden, it's still her opinion, even if it was John Madden saying that I'm screwing things up and I know that I'm giving it everything I got and I'm, and I'm going to the exact way that play, uh, that's his opinion. That's 
So his sticks and stones may break my bones and words that never hurt. I don't know. That would probably come out at the beginning of the time. You know, so it 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 makes no never mind for 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 guys like uh, Menning Hall or anybody else. I've seen former quarterbacks get mad about that. You know, uh, and, and I'm thinking, why do you care, man? You know this this idea. And I heard uh, a famous radio voice said this. Don Amos says, no, I didn't play. But I don't have to not play to realize that you're playing bad because I'm judging you and your peers. I'm not judging you if you're playing me because you're not playing me in the NFL. I'm judging you because you're peers and you're at the bottom of the league. You're terrible. So I think that, and you know, my friend Richard, I, you know, Richard, you said out all the time I work with, you know, I, I brought this up with you. It makes them never mind if you played or not. I got a brain. I could see what's going on. You know, why do you, again, why do you care what my opinion is? Even There's a lot of people's opinion I think stupid, but I'm not going to tell them they can't have an opinion. I'm not going to listen to it. And like Dion said, it's not the opinion of myself. Okay. So again, that, that's a teachable moment. Um, I like to look for little motivational tidbits throughout the program like that one, okay? That was really for me to fire off and and play that. That's the smartest thing Deion Sanders ever said. And that dad's got some good quotes. Uh, I know that he hasn't done a great job this year. Um, They're pound penalties. All those criticisms are true. But part of this, I know he he's a very fast guy and all that, but that school of thought that he just said, is how it is a big part because it starts in your head. That is a big part of why he's considered the greatest cornerback of all time, one of the most electrifying players in history. I don't know how it's going to turn out. Maybe he does, you know, uh, step down from coaching once his son goes in NFL. I hope he hangs around, works through it. He's got some problems. He's got DJs in the locker room. He wanted to get into the promotional thing at the beginning. I hope he steps back from that part of it and gets back into the X's and O's and the fine details, you know. But that happened Monday. Manning Hall got mad. He put out a video at Whitlock saying, why are you posting what? And uh, to, to, to finish up that story, I think he's kind of apologetic about it. Manning Hall, because he's retweeted some things. And uh, some Pat McAfee stuff to said. Everybody kind of joked around about it. So he's saying, well, well, if we will find out who could criticize black people when we have the black and white all pro Pro Bowl game, you know, and 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 uh, you had um, McAfee said, well, they would argue, OK, well, Patrick Mahomes, he'll be on the black team. OK, well, he's half and half. So does he play one half for the white folks and then one half for the black folks or uh, you want a guy like that in the fourth quarter, so you do a coin flip for who gets to pick which half that Patrick Mahomes will play in as the starting quarterback. You know? Just a little joke there, huh? <laughs> okay. So, moving right along. Now, Sean Payton, speaking of hollering and all that stuff. So, so Sean Payton... The more I, I, I look into Sean Payton, that there was an issue about him. It was an issue. I mean, that it was noticeable. He's hollering at uh, 
Russell Wilson uh, on, on the field. Now, he said it was about something to do with another play. The reporter asked him, I'll play the soundbite in a minute. It's none of your business, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, Peyton is Peyton's more uh, of a Pat Riley type. Which, you know, if you were watch Shaq documentary, he said he wanted to kill Pat Riley at one time. Pat Riley pushes and pushes and pushes and drives and drives and drives. Perfection. Uh, he has one speed, you know. Then you got Russell Wilson's former coach of Pete Carroll, who I kind of see more like a Phil Jackson type, more of like a cerebral uh, meditation, cool look at things, you know, type of player. But, Pat, you know... Peyton can be brutally honest. Listen, he's from the Bill Parcells coaching tree. Wilson may not be gelling with Peyton. I've seen that kind of stuff uh, between uh, the offensive coordinator and uh, the uh, quarterback with Tom Brady had words with Josh McDaniels on the sideline. I talked about that before in, in, in link uh, about, about four or five years just before Brady left uh, the Patriots here. Uh, Sean Peyton does call the play, so maybe – Wilson audible out of something, maybe he audible out of something, and it cost him uh, a cost him a particular drive. And, and Peyton lost his cool. Me personally, I'd go to Peyton by myself. If I'm a pro. I wouldn't do this in college. If I'm a pro, I'd say, listen, man, please don't talk to me. I mean, don't talk to me that way. Just try to talk to me like a normal man, man. Do not embarrass me. Um, now, of course, it probably wouldn't happen that way because he would have said something out of holler back at him. I've watched Bill Parcells and Phil Sims on NFL films go back and forth all the time. You know, uh, I know a lot of it's just heat of the game, passion, and all that stuff. So let me get you the exact bite here of what Peyton said after, after the game. Uh, I think this was in the press conference here. The frustrating part of the sequence was the next run. So we'll leave it at that. No, I said the frustrating part of the sequence was the next play to Burton where we scored. Was upset about the call. That's all. Simple. No, listen, what I talk with Russell about is none of your business. So he said it's none of your business. Um, And so it was pretty heated looking. You know, we're in 2024. He's a pro athlete. So here's TJ Hushmanzada. Speaking of the devil, I was just talking about him the other day, right? Here's him on the Colin Cowherd show. Uh, his take on that. Uh, former wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals and a great fantasy player, I mind you, at that. TJ Hushmanzada. I've never seen a head coach on the sideline go off on a quarterback like that. In today's game, the way quarterbacks are coddled, they all grow up in this seven-on-seven circuit. Um, they get their butt kiss. Pete Carroll coddled Russell Wilson. That's what made the guys on the defensive side of the ball mad in Seattle. They got mad. And so now you go to Denver and you got coddled with Hackett. And to have this happen, and Russell had to have been wrong because he literally just took it like a child. Like, you got to be careful who you do that with if you're a coach. You do that to the wrong guys, game or no game, it's going to end. I played with some guys. The coach wouldn't yell at them because they were scared. Like, we cutting. We got a higher security type of thing. I've never seen. <laughs> if you cut him, you got a higher security. And, you know, what? another another Dion quote. 
People keep asking Dion, man, when you going to go to the NFL? You know, when you going to go to the NFL? And Dion said, listen, man, I get charged for murder if I go in the NFL. Because I know what these players are going to say. You know, and I think about myself. I think, yeah, one of these defensive linemen, if I'm getting on to somebody and I'm going to be respectful, uh, there's a chance I might pull a gun on him because I know he's 100 times bigger than me. And uh, I'm not going to back down. Now, I'd probably think it out and I would probably say, I know who X, Y, and Z, these guys are bad characters. I would probably had some had some help before I had them removed from the facility or something like that. But I'm a respectful guy because I want to be respected. I treat people the way I want to be treated. I used to uh, manage great big old guys, bouncers. I managed one guy, six foot eight, used to play semi-pro basketball. A lot of my former co-workers, uh, Shannon Freeman, you know Freeman, you know. I've had to get on to him. Uh, I've had to manage former pros. I'm five foot nothing, 100 nothing. These guys, six four, six five, six six, six eight. Uh, a lot of these guys used to be bouncers, and I'd be, and I had to get on to them, you know. Uh, but I, 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 it's just I'm respectful, but I'm also firm. That used to be one of the slogans here. Um, so you you heard Hushmanzada, and and I think what Pate was trying to do was, uh, you heard Hushmanzada said the players didn't like that, the the way that that Carroll treated Russell Wilson because he didn't treat everybody else like that. That rolled over into Denver. Russell Wilson, there was preferential treatment, what reports were. Uh, he had his own office and all this stuff. When when you put yourself above the team, even though we know the everybody on the planet in the NFL knows, and, and, and all the fans know, the ones that halfway pay attention, that the quarterbacks are the highest paid players, generally speaking. Generally speaking, okay? But they still want to be treated like one of the guys. You know, Tom Brady was trying to listen to the young guy's music, okay? Um, that was a big knock on Hackett. And there were some blowups for Russell Wilson and his teammates. So Sean Payton, Sean Payton said, I want to treat Russell like one of the guys. I won't because if, if I get on a Russell this way, then I can get on to everybody else and say, well, Wilson's got this huge contract and he's getting into his rear end. I guess he can get in our rear end too. Because he's he's the highest paid guy, we're all treated equal. Now, of course, Jimmy Johnson has a psychology background. He said, "No, I didn't treat it. I, I treated the stars different." He said, "But he said, but his thing was that his his better players on those Cowboy teams were they're also the harder working players. So he really did not have to get old to them." He said, well, "Okay, hey Troy Edmund, you might want to wake up now. If I, if that is a special teamer." Jimmy's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm kicking this person out. You know, you're cut from the team. <laughs> Pickle says Jimmy Johnson did the same thing with Aitman. Yeah. So, and I'll say this I've seen Johnson holler at Aitman. I've seen uh, Parcells holler at everybody. Um, one time, Bill Belichick, this was towards the end, he gave Tom Brady the, the game ball for the first time. Think about it. We're, 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 Five Super Bowl wins. This is a few years ago. We're five Super Bowl wins into this thing. And he finally gives Tom Brady the ball. You know, he wanted Brady to, to be like one of the guys. He doesn't want to be, here's the quarterback way up here. Here's everybody else way down there. You know, 
Um, because you're going to need those teammates at some point, especially the offensive linemen, especially your skill players. But really, you're those those offensive linemen. And, and, and it's a team game. So uh, as far as Wilson, uh, listen, you know, I've talked about this before with him. Uh, they had they did go on a little bit of a run there. I want to say they're like at 500, were they seven and seven? I don't, I don't know. 500, maybe a little bit under that. Either way, not really sure they're going to uh, make the playoffs now. They do have a pretty good, you know, way they could – they have a path. Oh, the seven to seven have a path to uh, ten and seven right now. Uh, even if they don't, I'm not sure how long this thing lasts. Uh, to move Wilson, they're going to have to be very creative because I want to say. Let me look at these numbers before I start freelancing too much here. Uh, I mean, the guy is he's a 35 million dollar cap hit next year in 24. Uh, he's going to be 36 years old. He relies more on his athleticism than his arm strength and all that stuff. Uh, but he's an eighty-five million dollar dead cap hit, which is essentially if they if they said, well, "Listen, we can't find a trade partner. We're going to cut Russ." Uh, that'd be eighty-five million dollar dead cap hit. Uh, I mean, that's like two big contracts. That's like two quarterbacks, you know, for cap hits this year. So. They would have to essentially trade Russell Wilson and a draft pick. They would have to trade Wilson and a draft pick and probably eat 40 or 50% of that contract even to make it work. You know, now, now we say, well, who, I don't know, maybe Atlanta, somebody like that. Atlanta don't have a quarterback. You know, Arthur Smith said today, he says, well, I, you know, listen, uh, the owner of the Falcons, he said, well, you know, I like, I like Arthur, uh, Arthur Blank, all, the two authors, Arthur Blank's the, the, the owner, Arthur Smith is the head coach here. Uh, he just says, listen, we got to see how this thing plays out. Uh, he's our coach for right now, but we'll see how it plays. In other words, Arthur Smith's on the hot seat because they got the 32nd easiest schedule in the NFL, but they've got Ritter and, uh, they've got, uh, oh God. Uh, Taylor Heineke, they got Ritter and Taylor Heineke, but hey, listen, you know, like I said just early in the program, he's an offensive-minded head coach. He's got to figure it out. He's got to figure it out, man. He has to figure it out, or, or, or it, it, the heat's going to come down on Arthur Smith here. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe Arthur Smith buys another year, and maybe the the maybe uh, Atlanta figures out a way to get Russell Wilson for a reasonable price, okay? And then Denver, they have their own first-round pick this year. <laughs> Seattle's got it. Uh, they finally – that bleeding finally stopped. Uh, Seattle had their pick last year, and well, at the top ten, they got Devin Witherspoon, right? Really very good corner out of Illinois. Uh, so it, it, it's uh, some willing and dealing. I do think also that – that uh, Sean Payton is frustrated because this roster is not as talented as he originally thought it was. He thought it was going to be, um, he, he thought it was going to be much more talented. Yeah. Now, now, you know, Pickle says, I saw Peyton Manning wave off Tony Dungy during a series calling third down. Yeah. 
I remember that. And can you imagine him? And I love Tony Dungy. Wrote, read his book, Quiet Strength. Great book. Great guy. Love to get him on the program at some point. Uh, I think he would uh, come on the program. Uh, Peyton shouldn't have done that. But I seen it, too. Uh, it was fourth and short. And Peyton's like, I got it. And then, then Tony's okay. And he calls the special teams back up. On the sideline, they run the play. Parcells would have blown a gasket there. Uh, he would have blown a- absolute. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, Sean Payton, it's his first year. He's got four years left. They got Walmart money. Yeah, they can buy him out. They can buy him out if they wanted to. Why are you going to go through two coaches over one quarterback and a potential Hall of Fame coach in Payton? You know, Russell Wilson, 36 years old. He's not 26. He's not 30. You know, this ain't no disco. This is L.A. <laughs> little Cheryl Crow, all I want to do. Uh, so it, it's it, it, it's a situation to monitor. Maybe they work this thing out uh, because they have to work it out for another two years because the cap hit gets, gets a little bit better. But uh, my guess is they will find a way to probably move on. Uh, but – all that being said, I never heard Russell say any, Wilson say anything else about it. Uh, maybe it was a wink-wink thing. Maybe Sean Payton in private told him what I'm telling you, that if let me get on to you because there's others here that need to hear this message. If I'm getting on to you in public, then I'm getting on to them. Uh, we can make us better. So it's uh, – and again, there's a chance they could still go 10-7. and seven. They're not playing anybody great down the stretch, I don't think. But, hey, man, it's NFL. Anything can happen. Uh, okay. Uh, another thing here. Now, Tampa Bay, big win over the Packers. Saw that. Baker Mayfield, great stats there for Mayfield. What do you have? Uh, here he is, 381 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. QBR 78.9 on the road at Green Bay. Now they're 500, you know. Um, They beat Green Bay. Good for you. Give them a cookie there. Uh, They did beat Minnesota at the beginning of the season. Kind of caught them slipping, but they beat them and they beat the Saints. Uh, So that's some pretty good wins there. That's some pretty good wins there. So my thing is, are you afraid as a – but that's one game. If you look at his stats, he, he's middle of the road, 15th, 16th, 17th, uh, and like QBR for the league, touchdown to interception ratio and all that stuff. Uh, he hasn't thrown that many picks, though. I want to say he's got like he's uh, – let me, let me look at this again. So I'm not just shooting from the hip. Some of this stuff, um, he's, he's eighth in uh, interceptions here. Or excuse me, tied for 86, eight interceptions. That's still not bad, though. 24 to eight, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that. I, I don't want to. I don't bash the guy too bad here. Uh, so you, you've got him here. Do you really want him and Todd Bowles if they win the division? Say at seven, eight, nine, or something like that. Uh, worst division in football. Mess around and play a team like the Cowboys close and barely win or barely lose. And you got the ownership and management that we're close. We're close. And they decide not to get another quarterback. They want to stay with Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield. 
Um, I'm saying that 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 is just a recipe for another bad season. Uh, depending on what they what they're doing, who they want to hire, uh, not hire who who they want to draft, and what where they want to go. But my my feeling is that the schedule next year will be harder. You never know what the Saints are going to do. They'll probably move off Dennis Allen, I would think. He's just not that good. Another defensive-minded guy. May very well move off Carr. They might totally just – and they've been overlooking this for a long time down in New Orleans. They may put a giant TNT bomb down there and blow the whole thing up. They've been busted on a salary cap down in New Orleans for about three years now. And Loomis is finding ways to wiggle around it and push money off. And you just get a sense that all these players are going to get old at some point, and they're going to be a total dumpster fire for about two years and start to rebuild there. Um, they may hire John Gruden, you know. You never know what Carolina's going to do. That They may go out and get a, a big-time total. So my point is you're not going to be like this next year. Uh, I would say that I was wrong that they're as good as they, what they are with Mayfield and Todd Bowles, but be careful and not get overexcited about a win against Green Bay. All right. And, and about winning this dreadful NFC South here. You start naming the quarterbacks here uh, and the coaches, it really makes Derek Carr look bad. You know, it really does. It, it makes Carr look bad. And, uh, you, you just hope you don't get an overreaction there. But I'm telling you what, I wouldn't have Todd Bowl. I don't know. That both pretty good coach, but between him and, and maybe give him a better quarterback, my thing is if you want to keep Bowles, that's fine. At least draft a quarterback in the first round and make Baker earn it that way. Listen, the guy's been on, what, three or four teams in the last few years. He may just be on his best behavior this year. Maybe he may be a late bloomer, but he's inconsistent. He, he, he's inconsistent. Don't be surprised if they lay an egg against Jacksonville this week. You know, they got to play Jacksonville on Sunday. Kind of reminds me of the former Jacksonville quarterback there before they had Trevor Lawrence. And uh, a matter of fact, I'll go ahead and look up that roster. Jacksonville, not 97, 17. Uh, uh, now, he ain't no Mark Burnell. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, it was funny, but this guy was the, the model of inconsistency. Um, I'm, I'm looking for their roster right now. And, and this quarterback will, uh, as soon as you find Blake Bortles, that, that is exactly who he reminds me of. Good game, mediocre game. Good game, terrible game, you know? So that, that was Blake Bortles. And, and that team got all the way to the AFC Championship game. Next year, good game, terrible game, good game. And finally, the ownership said, you know what? I'm firing you, I'm firing you, I'm moving you, and we're going to get the, by the worst record, and we're going to try to get this long-haired kid from, from Clemson. And then we know what happened there. They, they made a mistake and went and gotten Urban Meyer, but they did get Trevor Lawrence, and now they, they're in the playoffs uh, possibly two years in a row with Doug Peterson. But – I'm just saying, I think that's where it's going. 
Uh, listen, on, on the Packers side, I know they, they've lost two straight here. Uh, one to the Giants. Lost, lost last week to Tampa Bay at home. And I, I tell you what, it, it looks like that they've got these glaring weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. This guy, Joe Barry, been in there since 2000, uh, since 2021. Uh, they, they got, they've got lapses there. Uh, see, I want to say I read something about them earlier yesterday, and and they're just not a very consistent uh, a defense here. And, and the thing about it is, think about the, of course, Rodgers, he's, I should have talked about that. Maybe I'll get with it tomorrow. But basically, ESPN Bill Barwell, the athletic, tweeted out part of the quote, over the past three seasons, the Packers' defense is 25th in third down conversion rate. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the money down, you know? 25th in third down conversion rate with four yards or fewer. ESPN data has them playing zone on third four on less drops or 30. If teams are converting nearly 68% of the time, uh, listen, I, I made the same team to beat, you know, Kansas City and, and of course, beat Detroit at Detroit. Now, there when you got a young team like that, when you've got so many young team young players on that side of the ball, yet talented, uh, Christian Watson, uh, just Jalen, uh, what's his name, Daniel, uh, the other uh, wide receiver rookie, he's really good, very fast player. Um, look at their tight ends there, Musgrove. They have another guy I never heard of. He's actually playing pretty well. Uh, they're going to be up and down. They're first and second year players here, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, and, and, but you can't really have the defense care or the offense carry you when you got that kind of youth there. Okay. Uh, but I, I do see it being more successful to go ahead and get get the offensive minded head coach and make the eventual changes on defense here. Andy Reid, when he first got to Kansas City, he has a different defensive coordinator now than he used to have, okay? Uh, it, it just seems to be easier to, to make that change. So they'll probably, Joe, uh, I think his name Joe Barry. Uh, think about, think about. I just talked about Cleveland, right? So I, I just talked about Cleveland where they had a terrible defense last year, you know? They were one of the worst teams against the run. Joe Woods, their defensive coordinator. Now, they fired him a guy, Jim Schwartz. Wasn't in love with Jim Schwartz, but I did say on this program, he's going to tighten up that run defense. He will tighten. And, of course, they at one time they were number one against the run. Now they're about eighth or so. They've had some injuries. But, actually, they used to be terrible against the pass under Jim Schwartz. The teams he's coached, former defensive coordinator of the Titans, been two-time head coach. He's not head coaching material. But you see where they're at now. You see where they're at now. I mean, they're uh, a much, much improved defense, especially at stopping the run, you know. So I think that's something that Packers will do. Uh, again, uh, I know that they probably won't make the playoffs this year. Didn't expect them to. Didn't expect this much success either, though. Out of love. Uh, I said they would probably be really good early, and then teams will finally – get the hang of what they're doing, then they'll go downhill. And really, it's been somewhere in between, you know. Uh, the truth of the matter is, 
uh, you know, young players are up and down. They're up and down. Uh, so anyways, so that's what I got for tonight. Went through that hour pretty quick. I mean, I didn't get a chance to talk about uh, the Grizzlies. Got John Morant back. Maybe I'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. They got their first win. I know Marcus Smart's back, and I know everybody's going to talk about the Celtics losing on the road to the Warriors in the regular season. Uh, didn't get a chance to look into that, but I, I may talk about uh, John Morant tomorrow. Um Plus, I'll give you the importance of um, this week's next week, this weekend's games on tomorrow's program, right? Uh, who probably should lose? Your Jets, your Titans, uh, who, who needs the wins for playoff positioning on the other side there? Uh, San Francisco wants to keep that little cushion between them and Philadelphia. Uh, for the best record. So that game's playing Santa Clara. They got a big game. They're playing Baltimore on Monday night. That could be a Super Bowl preview there. Uh, that That's going to be a huge game there. 49ers and the Ravens. And then, of course, we'll talk about playoff implications. Maybe go over a little standings and talk about, of course, my points against the spread here. It, uh, I may even put in a um, alternate spread uh, uh, segment here. You know, so anyways, thank you, everybody. If you like the show, again, share the show. I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, here on Sports Scope.